weather on this planet is complex and always evolving. Stick around long enough and you can realize long-term trends or what's known as a climate norm. But basically, the moment Earth developed an atmosphere, weather started, and it will always remind us of who's boss here. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History from the Weather Network in Canada. Nah, but alas, on March 9th of 1945, 300 American bombers dropped almost 2,000 tons of incendiaries on Tokyo, Japan, this day in weather history. I caution you today, I don't do this often, a lot of the descriptions here were unavoidable for the story and are graphic and they are troubling. So please be sensitive to any younger audiences that you may have listening here. Early in the morning of March 9, 1945, American B-29s dropped a flurry of bombs, including napalm and magnesium incendiaries, over the packed residential districts along the Sumida River in eastern Tokyo. This destroyed large portions of the capital, while also killing 100,000 civilians. Yes, civilians. Why? Good question. We will pick up World War II right now in its final months, when the United States had turned to what's called area bombing as a way to break the morale of the Japanese government and hopefully bring them to a full and final surrender. But first, just what is area bombing? It's the same as carpet bombing. There is no target and no precision and also no scruples of conscience either, I might add. It's like the finale at a fireworks display where they light off literally everything at once and it's a brilliant, chaotic, climactic explosion. Here in Japan, all attacking aircraft release their bombs in a large target area instead of attempting to hit one specific target. As a result of this onslaught, 10 square miles of eastern Tokyo was incinerated almost to dust, and an estimated 250,000 buildings were destroyed. So why was this tactic used? The U.S. had been engaged in precision attacks, but in early March it was decided that because the weather conditions over the country that were dominating at the time were just not conducive to effective strikes on targets, that further precision bombings of the Japanese industrial targets was unlikely to even work. You see, there had been on average only seven days of clear skies each month, and a strong jet stream was in a pattern that made it difficult to aim bombs from high altitudes. And as weather conditions over Japan at that time tended to be better at night, coupled with the fact that the nav systems on the B-29s were actually better at that time of day, it was decided to do this mission at night. Oh, and one more strategy. Instead of formation, they were directed to fly individual or solo routes because the B-29 was not capable of actually maintaining stability in formation after dark. Remember that this day in weather history can be enjoyed a number of ways. Right now, you're listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider. But there is also the daily podcast video short. They're shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective, and oftentimes they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. With the carpet bombing approach, the city of Tokyo burst into flames. But now the weather came in to take over. With all these bombs being dropped in such a way as to cover and crush a massive area of land, it created quite a stir in the atmosphere, as you could imagine. 
Then, when the wind picked up and blew these white-hot plumes of ash and particulate matter around in a swirl, it resulted in a full-on firestorm where temperatures on the ground in Tokyo were estimated to have reached 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. That's also known as 982 degrees Celsius in some places. That is actually, for perspective, over twice as hot as the average surface temperature on the planet Venus. That is also known as the hottest planet in our solar system. They have daytime averages of 880 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 471 Celsius. And it acted like the planet Venus as well. The extensive fire that was incinerating everything in sight, plus the subsequent firestorm created by the wind, that also carried aloft this poisonous air mass, actually replaced oxygen with lethal gases, superheated the atmosphere, and caused hurricane-like winds that blew a wall of fire across the city, like the surface of Venus. Boy, we humans sure do know how to ruin a good planet, don't we? That conflagration would go on to kill the 100,000 people I told you about, but most were not taken by the flames pouring over the land. No, the vast majority died from carbon monoxide poisoning and the sudden lack of oxygen. This horrible, horrible day in weather history. So tomorrow is March 10th, and we will hit a story that highlights a life dedicated to science and innovation for the powers of good. John Park Finley was an American meteorologist and Army Signal Service officer who was the first person to intensively study tornadoes. Tomorrow on this day in weather history, with me, your host, Chris May.